Let's jump into the message. We've been in a, so far, three weeks of four-week series, and we're talking about the decisions in life that are really the critical decisions of life, and how the most important decisions of our life are often the ones that are the most overlooked. Week one, we talked about, I've decided to get closer to Jesus this year. Because the truth is, the closer I get to Jesus, the more I'm empowered to accomplish everything else in my life. Week two, last week, we looked at the importance of being a follower of Jesus Christ. What does that really mean to, to, to call yourself a Christian, to wear the name tag, to say, I follow Jesus? And we discovered that it's a lot more serious than it appears on the surface to many of us. And we've had a lot of people in 2014 who made a decision to follow Jesus Christ. Over 483 people raised their hands and made decisions for Christ in our Sunday services alone in 2014. And last week, we taught them what the first step is. You see, in the Bible, the first step after you make a decision to follow Jesus Christ is water baptism. And last week, we had 72 people. 71 of them had no idea that they were going to leave church soaking wet last week. I mean, they came dry, and spontaneously, we had this baptism at the end of the service, and over 72 people were baptized. I'm telling you, it was remarkable. And I wanted to show you just a quick highlight of last week. So let's, let's enjoy this video together. I want, I want to just celebrate this with you.
Let's never get used to what God is doing around here because that was a remarkable weekend last week. 72 people to be I tell you, I didn't have any faith at all. It was uh, our executive pastor Jared's idea to do it in service, and I thought I was going to be in there by myself. It's like, is anybody going to come forward? And I was just overwhelmed at what God did last week. And I really believe something powerful uh, happened in our church last week, and we're going to see the impact of that for years and years to come. Well, today, what I want to talk about is the third most important decision. Week one, I think, was the most important decision. Let's just get closer to Jesus. Last week, let's follow him. Today, I want to talk about the third most important decision, and that's simply, let's discover what on earth am I here for? Like, why am I on earth? What is the purpose and the vision for my life? And I heard a story of a Greyhound racetrack, a Greyhound dog racetrack in Florida. And a few years ago, there, there was a race. And the way these Greyhounds race is they had this uh, a robot kind of motorized rabbit that runs on the rails. It's, you know, just this robot rabbit that kind of runs on the rails. And it gives them, you know, they don't have a jockey kicking them. And so they need some carrot on the stick to get them to run in this race. And so they would take off running after this rabbit. And this rabbit took off uh, on on the rails is this robot rabbit and some malfunction happened and in the middle of the race the rabbit exploded i mean there's just fur and hair not a real rabbit but just fur and hair all over the place and these greyhound dogs didn't know what to do I mean, they, they, they were so confused because, you know, all they were done is trained to chase after this rabbit, and, and now they had no idea what to do. One of the dogs got so disoriented, he ran through the fence and broke all of his ribs, ran through the rail and just broke all of his ribs. One of the other dogs just looked at everybody up in the stands and just started barking at everyone, roo, 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 I mean, just, just going nuts. And, and the other dogs, they didn't know what to do, so they just, they just kind of sat down. They just, they just sat there, and I thought, what a picture of life. When you don't know what you're running after, when you don't know what your vision is, when you don't know uh, that the motivation behind the race that you're in, many of us end up like those dogs. We end up hurting ourselves. We end up barking at everyone around us, or we just kind of lay down and give up and not do anything else. You see, we need to have a vision. The most important commodity in life is having a dream. To know why you exist, to know why you're alive. You have to have a reason to get up every morning. I think the greatest thing that I possess, the greatest asset of my life, is I know what I'm on earth for. Like, I know why I'm here. I, I, I have something that gets me up every morning, something to live for, a dream, a vision that God has given me. And I think the best gift that we can give you as a church is to help you get clarity for the vision and the purpose for why you're here. Like, why did God put you on earth? And we've actually structured our entire church around this very thing. Helping people figure out why they're here. I tell people all the time, really, if you want to know what the vision of this church is, it's to help you answer a very simple question. When you go to bed at night, when you lie your head down on your pillow, you should know the answer to what's the one thing in life I was created for. The one thing that I can do better than anybody else. And when I'm doing that one thing, I'm making an eternal difference for the kingdom of God. Because if you don't know the answer to that question, life's tough. 
You don't know why you're running. You end up hurting yourself and and getting angry at everyone. So this year, we're going to decide that we're going to live our life with purpose. We're going to live our life with a vision and a focus. Proverbs 29, verse 18, in your message notes, the Bible says, Where there is no vision... When you don't have a dream, when you don't know why you're here, when you don't have a vision, the people perish. And some of you, 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 feel, you feel like you're dying. You feel like you're not even existing. Like, like what am I doing here? You feel that, that perishing. You're, you're, you're hurting yourself. You're parking at everyone. You just want to lay down and give up. And it's because you don't have a vision. In the King James, it says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. Like they develop this attitude of it just doesn't matter. See, when you don't have a vision, it breeds this, this philosophy of it, it doesn't matter whether I pay my bills or not. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter whether I go to church or not. It just doesn't, it doesn't even matter if I stay faithful to my wife or not. It just doesn't matter. You've got to have a vision to keep you running. This word vision in the Hebrew, the Old Testament of the Bible was written in the original Hebrew language. And this word vision in Hebrew is the word kazon, kazon. Uh, And on our 21-day fast, don't confuse it with kazon, which sounds really, really good right now. This is the word kazon, which literally means a dream, a revelation, like you need a revelation of why you're on earth or a vision. That's what the word literally means. You need to know why you're here. You need a revelation for what your life is all about. And, and the entire, our entire church programming centers around this one thing. This is the entire, this entire vision of our church is to get you to this place where you know why you're on earth and you're living it out with purpose and focus and clarity and you're making a difference. And the reason why this is the third most important decision of your life is when you discover this, it brings meaning to every other area of your life. Like when you know why you're here, it brings meaning to your marriage. It brings meaning to your parenting. It brings meaning to your career. Now I know why I wake up every morning. Now I know why I pay my bills. Now I know why I'm raising these kids. Now I know why I'm staying faithful to my wife. It's the vision that brings clarity. So let me say a couple things about vision today. First off is a vision will bring focus. A vision brings focus to your life. If you don't have a vision, you don't have any focus. And some of us today, we are not living focused lives. So we say yes to everything and we say no to very few things. And so the language of our culture today and everyone saying it is, how are you doing? I'm busy, man. I'm busy. I'm busy. I'm tired. I'm tired. I'm busy. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. And that's the language because we're doing a whole bunch of stuff. Even the things that don't contribute to our purpose. Like we're busy with all of this stuff that's not focused on our purpose or our vision or what God has called us to do. See, when you have focus, then then I know what I need to do and I know what I don't need to do. Because here's the problem. Whether you know this or not, all hell has a vision for your life. And if you don't know what the vision for your life is, hell's going to come up with a vision for your life. Like, like whether you knew this or not, McDonald's has a vision for your body. 
They got a vision for you. Hollywood has a vision for your family and for your marriage. They have a vision for what they want it to look like. These credit card companies and and car dealerships and and commercials, they have a vision for your finances and for your pocketbook. The world has a vision for your life. And if you don't know what the vision for your life is, and if you don't have any focus and you don't know why you exist, then you're going to have this attitude, well, that sounds good. I think I'll take some of that. And you get all off track. See, there's a lot of good things in life, but God wants us to focus on the best things. What are the things that, that contribute to my life purpose? What are the things that contribute to my vision in life? See, I love the, I love the statement that successful people know what they need to know. Did you catch that? Successful people know what they need to know. They don't spend a lot of time learning stuff they don't need to know because it doesn't advance the vision of their life. And God has a vision for you. God has a purpose for your life. And you need to stay laser focused on that purpose because that's where great life's going to come out of. Here's the next thing about a vision. A vision for life will bring endurance. See, some of you are exhausted and you want to give up and you're tired because you don't know what the end line looks like. You don't know what the goal is. You don't know where the finish line is. You're running, but you really don't know where you're running, why you're running. And so you don't have the endurance to stay faithful to the race. See, when you can see the finish line, you get a boost of energy. Anyone that's ever seen a marathon knows that's true. I mean, after, after 24 miles, I mean, you're exhausted, you're tired, you want to give up. And you start coming into that 26 mile and you see that finish line. And all of a sudden, there's this boost of energy that comes to you. Why? Because a vision gives you endurance. Any husband in here that's ever been in the room with his wife when she's delivered knows that's true. I mean, because there is nothing more painful or horrendous in life than having a human being come through you. Women, you know what I mean. I mean, you've been there and you want to give up. You're exhausted. It's just this horrifying, painful experience. But you have this vision of this child. And so you don't give up when you want to give up. You have this endurance to push through the pain because you know what's coming if you don't give up. And some of you right now are experiencing that level of pain emotionally and, and just, just in your career and in life. And it's because you don't have a vision or focus for why you're doing it. And so you're losing your endurance. And then here's the last thing I want to say about a vision. A vision for life will bring fulfillment. It'll bring fulfillment. See, when you know why you exist and you're living it out, that's the most fulfilled people on this planet. And the problem is some of you are looking for fulfillment in all the wrong places. See, you were created by God with a specific vision that he's given you. And if you're running for anything else, you're not going to be fulfilled. And this is the reason why I love my job. I mean, I love my job because you can't find fulfillment anywhere but in Christ. Like, if you don't believe me, go try it. You'll be back. I mean, go experience everything this world has to offer, and you'll come back empty and unfulfilled because the only one that can give you real fulfillment is Christ. Try it. So here's the question. Where does vision come from? Where does vision come from? See, I don't know if you know this or not, but God is writing the book of your life. God's writing the book. He's ordained every step. And some of you are thinking, he's done a pretty terrible job writing the book of my life. I mean, my life is a mess. No, some of us add chapters to it. 
See, that's the problem. Some of us write chapters to the book of our life that God never wanted to be in the story in the first place. Like, like we're adding stuff, and I, I think you know exactly what I mean. I, I've got some chapters in my life that God didn't want to be in the book of my life. But here's the power of God. He can always rewrite the last chapter. No matter how many chapters you add and how messy and ugly it gets, God can come in and rewrite the last chapter of your life. So here's the question. Where do we find vision? Where do we find purpose? Ephesians chapter 1, verse 11. I love this. Paul says, it's in Christ. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. See, some of you, you want to know, who am I? Why am I here? It's in Christ. And it's in Christ that part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and every. One, see, there's a lot of people that are trying really, really hard to run the race, but they're missing the target. They're in the wrong race and it's leaving them empty. I think of a story that I heard uh, from the 2004 Olympics in Athens, Greece. There was a rifleist for the United States team named Matthew Emmons, and he was, he was the best rifleist in the world at this time. I mean, they have these competitions where they can slow their heart rate down to almost nothing, where they can take the shot without even flinching, and it's like bullseye, bullseye. And he was so far ahead of everyone else in the competition that when they got into the last round of, of, of the marksmanship, all he had to do is hit the target anywhere, and he would have got gold. Like he just had to hit the target anywhere on the target. I mean, this guy's hitting bullseye, 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 bullseye. He just had to get the bullet on the target and he would have won gold medal. So he was there. He lined up, slowed his heartbeat down. Pow, bullseye. But it was on the wrong target. He hit the target in the lane next to him. He went from first place gold medal to eighth place no medal because he hit the wrong target. And I think how many people today are experiencing the same thing in life? Bullseye, but it's the wrong target. And you keep coming up empty and you keep coming up unfulfilled because you're running after things you were never created to run after. But here's the good news. God has a purpose for your life. And not only does God have a purpose for your life, but he desperately wants to reveal it to you if you'll listen. Like he doesn't want your purpose hidden. He wants you to know exactly why you're here so that you can fulfill the destiny he's given you. And again, this is the very purpose of our church. God wants everybody fulfilled. And so here as a church, we're just trying to get people saved that are lost. And then when we get them saved, we want to get them restored. Let's, let's get some of the garbage of the past out of their life and some of that unhealthy thinking. Then let's get them redeemed where they can figure out why they're here so that when they begin to live out their redemptive plan, they find their safe self in a state of fulfillment that they never imagined possible. So here's the decision this week. I have decided to find my purpose. It's the third most important decision we need to make this year. I have decided that this is the year I'm going to find my purpose. And if you will do this, I guarantee it'll change everything else in your life. It'll make all the problems you're dealing with smaller. 
See, when you have something bigger that you're running for, everything in life becomes so much smaller. The problems are still real, but they become very, very small in comparison with the dream and the vision and the purpose that God's given you. So I want to help you get on the right path. So what we're going to do is we're going to look at the book of Ephesians. If you talk to scholars, they'll tell you if you read any book in the New Testament, the book of Ephesians is the book you need to read. Like if you could only read one book, this is the book because it is like the Magna Carta of Christianity. It deals with, with just about every topic that, it's the, that is at the core of Christianity in our faith and in our practice from the very beginning of our identity in Christ to our adoption in Christ to how we live this thing out to our words and our marriage and our family and our parenting. It is the Magna Carta of Christianity. So let's look at this with me quickly. Ephesians chapter 5. We're going to begin in verse 8. It says, For you were once in darkness... But now you are light in the Lord. So live as children of the light. So you need to live in the light. The light is is where you can see clearly what your purpose is. You know why you're here. You're not living in in darkness and and you're not missing out on what God's called you to. And then he goes on to say, For the fruit of the light consists in all goodness, righteousness, and truth. So find out what pleases the Lord. And that's my encouragement to you today. Find out what pleases the Lord. It'll benefit you. Have nothing to do with fruitless deeds of darkness. And the truth is, all of us have these. All of us have areas of darkness in our life, areas that, that we're connected to or that, that, that we, we get involved with that, that are just fruitless. They're not producing any benefit. They're not adding any value. They're just fruitless deeds of darkness. But it says, but rather expose them. For it is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret. But everything exposed by the light becomes visible. For it is light that makes everything visible. See, it's light that will give you clarity to your vision and your life purpose. This is why it is said, wake up, O sleeper. And that's my call to you today is wake up. There's so many people here today that are asleep to their vision, asleep to their purpose, that that aren't living with clarity and focus, and they don't know why they're here. Wake up, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Be very careful then. We looked at that week one, and the reason Paul says be very careful is because most of us aren't. Be very careful then how you live, not as unwise, but as wise, making the most of every opportunity. God wants to give you opportunities. God wants to to reveal very clearly your life purpose and give you opportunities to accomplish it and fulfill it because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand, here's the goal, understand what the Lord's will is. Is You need to know what God's will for your life is. You need to have clarity around your vision and your purpose. So do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Now, the word debauchery is, is, is one of those fancy Bible words. It's an old English word. It literally means an extreme indulgence in our senses, being led by our senses. It's letting our feelings call the shot. What, what, what do I feel like doing? He said, don't, don't be led by your feelings. Don't, don't be led by this debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. And this, this Spirit is the Holy Spirit. It's the very breath of God that brings life to everything in you. 
Like it'll literally breathe life into you. So let's ask the question, what does all this mean? Well, what I want to do is I want to give you three principles out of this passage of Scripture. That if you will practice and apply these, if you will answer the, the, really it comes down to three questions. That if you can ask yourself and answer these questions, you will discover your life purpose, vision, and the destiny that God has for you. And here's number one. We see it right here in this passage of Scripture. What am I doing that I should not be doing? What am I doing right now that I really shouldn't be doing? These are these fruitless deeds of darkness that are just holding us back. And all of us have areas of our life of things that we really shouldn't be doing. See, I think most of us would agree today that we're living a life we were never intended to live. Like there's areas of our life that we're living that we were never intended or created by God to live that way. And the problem is because so many don't have their vision, many have just given up and they've come to the, the, the realization that this is just the way it's always going to be. But the truth is God wants to give you a fresh start. He wants to give you a clean slate and he'll do it today. Look at Romans chapter 12, verse 2. I love this passage of scripture. Romans 12, verse 2 says, don't copy the behavior and the customs of this world. See, so many of us are, are just living like the world, doing things like the world. We're called to be countercultural. We're called to live counterintuitive lives to everybody else as followers of Jesus Christ. Don't copy the behavior and the customs of the world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then... Then, then. So here, here's, here, we pause right here for just a moment because I want you to think, what's going to happen if I decide to do all of that? Like, like what will happen if, if I decide to, to just not, no longer conform to the customs of this world, to no longer copy the, the behavior of everyone around you, but I really let God begin to transform me by the way I think, what's going to happen? Let's look at this together. It says, then you will learn to know God's will for you. See, you want to know what your purpose is? You want to know why you're here, what God's vision for your life is? When you, when you, when you get rid of all this stuff that you know you shouldn't be doing, then you will learn to know what God's will for you is, which is good and pleasing and perfect. God's will is going to be the most fulfilling, the most enjoyable, the most incredible life you could ever hope to live, but you're not going to get there if you've got all this junk in your life that's distracting you and you're, you're copying all the behaviors of the world and the customs of the world. See, when you get rid of all that junk, then, then you discover your purpose and God's will for your life. So why not this year we just decide that this is the year I'm not going to let the internet keep leading me into that sin anymore. Like I'm going to make a decision. It's time to deal with that. Like, I'm not going to keep going. I, I'm tired of missing out on my purpose. I can't even see the will, God's will for my life and God's purpose for my life because I'm blinded by all of this junk in my life. And if I'll just get rid of some of this junk in my life, then I'll discover God's purpose for me. So why not get into a life small group in two weeks and say, you know what, I'm not doing that anymore. I'm not going down that road anymore. You know what, I, th this is the year I'm going to get rid of this unhealthy relationship that's been dragging me down. It's just dragging me out. This is the year I'm going to finally work on my marriage because, because our marriage isn't where it needs to be. And we need, we, need to, we need to take it up another level so we can get rid of doing it the way all of our neighbors are doing it. And let's do it God's way so we can actually enjoy this thing. 
This is the year I'm not going to let my senses call the shots anymore, but I'm going to follow him. Here's an encouragement from Proverbs chapter 4. Look straight ahead. Look straight ahead. Have focus. Have clarity. Know what you're living for. Fix your eyes on what lies before you. Mark out a straight path for your feet. Stay on the safe path. Don't get sidetracked. Keep your feet from following evil. And if you do that, you're going to find out that your purpose is actually hiding behind all of that junk. You've been trying to discover God's will for your life, and and it's right there hiding behind all that junk you know you need to get rid of. Here's number two. What am I doing? What am I not doing, excuse me, that I should be doing? See, the first thing is, what am I doing that I shouldn't? This is, this is, what am I not doing today that I really should be doing? Remember Ephesians, it says God will give you opportunities. See, there's opportunities right in front of you that God wants to give you, and some of you aren't taking the opportunities that God is laying right in front of you. See, our job as a church is to give you opportunities to do something meaningful and fulfilling with your life. That's the whole purpose of local church, is to give you opportunities to live out a meaningful and fulfilling life for God. But some of you need to go all in. See, you're coming to church and you're not, you're, you're not understanding why it's not working for you. Like you see other people around you and they're living these lives of meaning and fulfillment and they're happy and, and Christianity is working for them. And, and, and for you, it's like I'm here every week, but it's not working for me because you haven't gone all in. I'll tell you what will happen. If you come to church every week and you don't go all in, you're going to live a very frustrated life because you're going to constantly be wondering, why doesn't it work for me? Christianity was never made to work at 50%. You can't go 20% in and see this thing work. You can't even give 90% to God and see it work. It's 100% or it doesn't really work. See, when you decide to go on, this is the year I'm going to give my life fully to Jesus Christ. I'm going to do what he's called me to do. I'm going to take hold of these opportunities, and you'll discover that behind those opportunities is the purpose for your life. I love the book of James. James is a very blunt book. It's just very in-your-face, very blunt. Verse 17 says it like this. Remember, it is sin to know what you ought to do and then not do it. It's sin. And here's the thing. You don't need me today telling you what you need to do and what you don't need to do. You don't need a holy Aaron in your life. You have a Holy Spirit in your life. It's not my job to to give you a rule book of how you need to live. It's his job. But you've got to get close to him. See, don't you think it's time that you finally step in, that you go all in? I mean, this is our last week of 21 days of prayer. Isn't it time that you stop letting your senses call the shot, but you set that alarm for for 5.30 and you get here and you pray with us instead of letting your senses keep you in bed and keep living according to your extreme indulgence of your senses. I'm tired. I don't want to wake up early. I'm not a morning person. Why don't you just make a decision that this is the year you're not going to live by your senses anymore? Like, I'm going to get serious. I'm going to go all in. I'm going to pray this week. It's the last week. I may have missed the first two weeks, but I'm going to join this last week of prayer, and I'm going to be a part of this. I'm tired of just letting, letting opportunities pass me by. Who knows that the opportunity for your life could be in that prayer meeting, God speaking a word to you that will radically change everything. And you keep missing these opportunities just passing you by. 
small groups launch in two weeks. Maybe this is the year you finally get rid of all your excuses and join a small group. Because every year it's the same thing. Maybe it's time to finally get involved, to get over your fear, to get over your worry, to get over your anxiety, to get over you know whatever it is you think you need or don't think you need. And finally get involved and realize I need some people in my life that know what's going on. I can't keep carrying this thing secret anymore, but I need to get around some brothers and sisters that that can keep me accountable and walk with me. See, there is a priority for someone to know what is really going on in your life. Maybe this is the year some of you finally lead a small group. Like you've been in small groups for a while, but you keep telling yourself, I can't be a small group leader. I'm messed up. Guess what? You're the very best person to lead a small group because who better to lead messed up people than a messed up person? I guarantee they would much rather hear from you than a perfect person because at least you can relate to where they're at. Maybe it's time you get over it and start leading a small group and make a difference in some people's lives. See, what some of you are missing today in your life is somebody depending on you. One of the greatest things you're missing is people depending on you. See, I'll be very honest with you. One of the things that keeps me straight in my life, that keeps me from like, from like, like just falling over the deep end in sin or, or, or being unfaithful to my wife, honestly, it's you. I'm being very honest. It's you. I just think that you would appreciate your pastor going home at night to his wife. I just think you like that. I just think you would much rather prefer that than the other. And so there's a lot of reasons for me to stay faithful to my wife. You're not the only reason, but from time to time, I think about you. I think about, you know what, they're, they're looking at me, and I think they just would like it if I went home to my wife at night. I, I think that would be important. See, my wife and I, we've got a reason to get over our fights because we've got a vision. We've got a purpose. We're living for something. And whether we like it or not, Sunday's coming every single week. I mean, so we've got a lot of motivation to work some stuff out in our life. I mean, the truth is, if you didn't exist, me and my wife would fight a whole lot more than we fight now. If you weren't here, you give us some motivation to work some stuff out. And that's why some of you need to lead a small group, because it'll make your marriage better. I mean, you, you, you'll get into these starter fights, and all of a sudden you'll be like, you know, baby, we, we got to stop. I see lights in the driveway. We got to work this thing out. Kiss me. People are coming over. Small group's about to begin. I mean, it'll give you some initiative. You need some kingdom vision. And when you get kingdom vision, everything else changes when you have a purpose. Matthew 6, verse 34 says it like this. Give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. Don't miss the opportunities right now. I'm telling you, give one year of your life to God. Run the play as prescribed. Do everything we offer. Today, come back at 1230. Go to Discovery 301. Figure out what your spiritual gifts are. See, if you want to figure out your purpose, figure out your design. Like when you begin to figure out how God designed you, it helps you figure out what your purpose is because the same God that designed you is the same God that created you exactly the way he wanted you for the purpose he gave you. So maybe it's the year you finally jump all in and do it all and say, I'll go through it all. Whatever there is, I'll do it because I know it'll change my life. Give, an, give your entire attention to what God is doing right now. And don't get worked up about what may or may not happen tomorrow. God will help you deal with whatever hard things come when the time comes. So here it is. What am I doing right now that I shouldn't be doing? 
First question you need to answer. Second, what do I need to do that I'm not doing? And then here's the third question. Number three, why not do it today? Why not do it today? Don't wait. Quit pushing it off. You know, I, I, think, I think I'll do it tomorrow. I'll, I'll do it next week. I'll, I'll do it, you know, I, I need some more time. Why not do it today? Here's the problem. We are over-exaggerating yesterday. We are overestimating tomorrow, and we are underappreciating today. Right now is the time. See, we need to get rid of the spirit of procrastination in our life. How many of you are procrastinators today? How many of you are procrastinators? Some of you are sitting there thinking like, you know, I'm a procrastinator, but I'll raise my hand in a minute. Like, <laughs> like there it goes. Second Corinthians chapter 6, verse 2, I close with this. I tell you, now, now, right now, today, not tomorrow, today, now is the time of God's favor. Now is the day of salvation. God has never loved you more. God has never been willing to give you a fresh start more than right now. But you're going to have to take him up on this. Do it today. Do it today. Would you just close your eyes with me just for a moment? Just bow your head, close your eyes. Some of you need to take the very first step. And that's the step of giving your entire life to Jesus today. Like, I think all of us have things in our life that we need to stop doing, that we are doing. And I think all of us have some things that we need to start doing that we're not doing. But there are a number of people today who need to start with the very first thing. And that's simply surrendering your entire life to Jesus. Giving it all to him. And that means he's going to mess some things up. That's the truth. He's going to do things differently than, than, than what you imagine and what you think and even what you like at times. But the beautiful thing is His will for your life is good, it's pleasing, and it's fulfilling. And so if you'll give up your will for your life and you'll take hold of His will for your life, it'll be the most enjoyable, incredible, meaningful life you'll ever live. Yeah, there's going to be hard times, there's going to be pain. But guess what? There's going to be hard times and pain if you don't live for him. The difference is living for him, you've got the strength and the endurance to get through those hard times, to get through that pain. So if you're here today and you'd say, you know what? I've never truly committed my life to Jesus Christ. I've never truly surrendered my will to his will. Not my will, but your will be done in my life you've never made that decision to really surrender your life, this could be the very first time you've ever made the decision. You could be visiting our church today. But there's something inside tugging at your heart. You need to know that that's, that's the spirit of God tugging at your heart right now. And I know it's an awkward feeling and, and you may have never felt that before. All I can tell you is he loves you. And if you'll, if you'll just trust him today and let go, It'll be the greatest decision you'll ever make. And then there's some of you who really, you need to recommit yourself to him because you haven't lived your life with him in number one. You may have been a very religious person. You may have been very faithful to church, but the truth is you haven't lived your life with him being number one. And you know what that means. I don't need to describe it anymore. 
So I want to pray with you if you're in either one of those situations of just, I need to surrender my life to Jesus Christ today. I need to let go of my will and I need to live for his will today. I want to pray for you. Now, I'm not going to ask you to stand up. I'm not going to ask you to walk down to the front. I'm not even going to ask you to pray this prayer out loud. You could pray this in your heart. God's listening. This is is between you and him today. But so I know who I'm praying with. With every eye closed, if you're going to join me in that prayer in just a second, would you raise your hand right now so that I know who's praying with me? Thank you. 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 Appreciate those hands. Here's the prayer. In your heart, say, Jesus, today I lay down my will. And I want to live for your will. Thank you for forgiving me for every time that I've missed it. I receive your forgiveness today. In Jesus' name, amen. That's it. That's how simple it is to surrender your life to him. Now I want to encourage you to take the next steps. Take the next steps and really make that decision matter in your life. Join us today for the Discovery 301. Figure out who you are. Figure out what your spiritual gifts are. It's a shame that so many Christians today don't even know what their spiritual gifts are. They don't know how God designed them. How can you figure out where you fit if you don't even know what your gifts are? So make an effort to join us today for Discovery 301. Would you stand with me as we close in prayer? And if you prayed today, I want to encourage you two things. On your connection card, in your worship guide, there's two boxes you can check. I committed my life to Christ or I renewed that commitment to Christ. I want to encourage you to check that, drop it off one of the tithe and offering boxes as you leave so that our prayer team can be praying for this decision in your life. And we'll send you an email that gives you the next steps in case you forget what the next steps are. And then we also have these books outside available to you. It says, what on earth am I here for? I can't think of a better title for the message today. What on earth am I here for? So pick up this. It'll take you about an hour to read. It's only 60 pages. So pick up a copy of that at our information table outside. Father, in the name of Jesus, give us clarity and focus, Lord, so that we know why we're running this race that you have called us to run. Let us get rid of all the junk that is hiding uh, our life purpose from us. Let us begin to seize the opportunities that you've placed in front of us, God, to really figure out, like the opportunity of Discovery 301, God. What, a, what an incredible opportunity that you have given to help us discover our spiritual gifts so you can begin to speak to us and guide us, Lord, for what our life purpose is. So let us get rid of the junk. Let us seize the opportunities and let us do it today. Let us just make a decision. I'm not going to wait any longer. I'm not going to keep putting it off, but I'm going to do it today in the name of Jesus. Amen. Have a great week, everybody.